back to ancient evil. I'm sure that there's more things that you want to cover. So why don't we have you control the conversation now? Because I'm just going to pull us into. Well, I've been trying to talk about the Oracle for the past like hour. (laughs) I know. I know. We keep going off on that. Like, like I said, like, so let's focus squarely on that character of the zombies discourse. So Call of Duty zombies discourse. It's so hard. It's so easy to, it's so easy to go on. It's like trying to push it uphill. This shit, this shit is complex, man. When you try and when you try and cover all the bases with zombies, it's it's kind of it feels like you're. I mean, when I was originally coming up with the notes for the show, I was just saying, um, trying to explain the whole story of zombies, gameplay mechanics, the evolution, the map design, the overall arc, the overarching narrative, and the plethora of characters because it's an mm-hmm. ensemble cast. Surprisingly. Trying to explain that stuff is like trying to get your grandmother to summarize her favorite soap opera over dinner. It's not happening. You can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. And that's unfortunate, but it does mean that we'll have to cut some of this conversation short. We'll have to leave on um, weird. We'll have to interrupt ourselves on. Weird that's notes. where we have to focus. And I apologize on the to the listeners. Level for that at hand. Yeah, oh, we need to God. talk about ancient evil. So. We'll actually we'll, we'll <laughs> refocus. We've already covered a lot of stuff with like the level design and with the uh, the wonder weapons. previous map that that ancient evil proceeds is called nine and nine actually opens with the characters in delphi um delphi greece and they're inhaling these weird green vapors that cause them to hallucinate themselves as warriors in ancient rome fighting zombies in a roman coliseum surrounded by all these strange masked figures in black robes and at the conclusion of that map, they're all executed. It's a really disturbing scene where they're all beheaded and you see their decapitated corpses. And one of the characters' heads is even paraded around in front of the camera with like his eyes Jeez. twitching. You get to see from his perspective after his head is severed from his body, just being carried by. And, it, by it, and is it in but, like um, where, you, where you can actually like see the character's perspective or is it a CG cutscene? Yes. You see, okay. no, it's in engine. You see it from his perspective. Uh, he is beheaded and you see it just cuts to black after the ax comes down. And then you see in just kind of this off color moment of like a blurry image of one of the, uh, one of the black robed dudes with the mask. He takes off his mask. And you see his face and he just kind of glares at the camera. And then the camera flips to the guy's perspective. And you're looking at the face, like at the severed head, of Diego, who is one of the playable characters of this map. And then immediately after you see his severed head, players are just like, <laughs> what the fuck? That, that was in October. And you're like, so everybody's dead. These characters you mm-hmm. introduced one map ago. There's, there's been two maps. There's been Voyage of Despair and there's been nine. 
We don't know what happened to these guys. We don't even know if they were really present in ancient Rome or if that was really just a halluc- an elaborate hallucination. And ancient evil pretty much from the get-go says the events of nine did happen, but they didn't happen to you. You were reliving the memories, hallucinating the collective memories of four warriors who originally participated in those in that conflict. And then ancient evil just opens with everybody waking up from the hallucination. You, you start with Diego. So, so if you played nine and then immediately went into ancient evil, you get this nice juxtaposition of his head in the center of the screen uh, eyeballs twitching, mouth slack jaw open because his, <laughs> you know, his neck stump is currently bleeding all over the fucking ground. And then you get this moment of him just gasping for air, uh, having woken up and the color coming back to his eyes as he realizes, oh, I wasn't just horrifically executed in front of thousands of spectators. That's good yeah, news. Yeah, like, there was this moment <laughs> later on in this level but, that we, we, like, we'll, we'll get to later, but like more or less, it just came down to the point where it really depends on like like who you play as where you can play as these two characters and you won't see a like a, a very i guess you can say in like story important cutscene that takes place that like two people can become like actually playable on it's a it's a weird moment black ops 4 is actually in regards to its zombie stuff taking a lot of strides in regards to storytelling mid-mission where previously in zombies, it, when you complete the uh, Easter egg main quest, it's not they're not really Easter eggs anymore. An Easter egg would imply that you it's don't completely non essential and, and hidden and for that reason. You're going, yeah, yeah. But in Black Ops Four, they like the fan base has called them Easter eggs. Black Ops Four officially calls them main quests. They're no longer Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. They are the main quests, the main storylines, and they have cut scenes in the middle of them. Once you reach certain tiers, uh, you have story developments where the zombies disappear and a character might monologue to you for maybe a minute or two. You have different techniques to storytelling that Treyarch hasn't tried before. And and frankly, it, it makes me kind of happy that black ops four didn't have a campaign because black ops three had a campaign that was written by the guy who did the zombie storyline for black ops three. It was a fucking disaster, man. That kind of storytelling for zombies does not work when it's applied to a single player linear shooter. It just it's it's shit. Oh, yeah. And, and, and like that whole campaign is more or less just it's like it was all a simulation. It was all Which, a dream. Sorry, you were spoiler. dead all along. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, oh, nothing. It was, it was okay. literally every single like last minute twist in the book where you were dead <laughs> all along. It was all a dream. And you, you never, it never actually happened uh, to you. It all took place in a snow, snow globe. Yeah, yeah. It's inside. It's uh, was Saint whatever's hospital, but, um, but the hospital being the brain of um, uh, Agent Coulson or whatever. Who it not not Coulson? Uh, who's, sure. Who's sure. the dude who plays? Uh, he's like an NCIS or whatever. But whatever. Black Ops Three is stupid. But this kind of storytelling, the... or Philomar, I, 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 no. I, I don't know, uh, uh, which one? There, there's only like two important characters, like the like Christopher something, Christopher Summers. No, X Men <laughs> character. No, no, is that really? Not. Is that really an X Men character? I don't know. There's like Scott Summers. There's got to be somebody in in Marvel Comics named Chris Summers. Doesn't matter. We are off topic, <laughs> but. <laughs> 
but yeah, the the storytelling. It, it's weird to say, hey, zombies does really good storytelling, but it's really gaming's greatest soap opera. <laughs> you, if you have, want to, uh, if you want to follow a soap opera storyline where characters' motivations change with the years, and you follow the same cast of folks, but they're changing a little bit every time. Maybe they went upstairs and they came down and they're 30 years younger and they're in world war one now or, or something along those lines. But it just sounds more and more like quantum leap. It, I mean, hell if, if they ever do the stunt casting and they get Scott Bakula, then I 100% expect <laughs> some quantum leap shit where it turns out plot twist. Everybody was actually Scott Bakula in the end. You like oh, you just you weird. get that moment at the end of the episode and everybody looks in the mirror and they're all they're all white 50 60 year old men with <laughs> nice haircuts and perfect skin and they go wow and then they pull out some sort of weird futuristic doohickey that causes them to leap into i I don't know some marginalized person that the white savior complex must now restore to order. I don't know. I've got issues with quantum leap, but I still really enjoy that yeah. show. Yeah, I mean, product of, of its time and it's, it's, it's an interesting like sci-fi um, show to, to uh, tackle and all that. But um, yeah, it definitely had, had that like well-meaning liberal, like, like aspect of it. Yeah. But, uh, but, um, yeah, like zombies, like, like immediately, like, like when I think zombies, I always think it's like, oh, that's the story with a whole ton of time travel for some reason, right? Yeah. Time travel, dimension hopping, Black Ops 3 featured with every new map, a completely different dimension. One of them was in Russia with dragons. Sweet. One of them was on a Japanese island in World War II with plant monsters, and another was <laughs> in a castle in Germany with living dragon walls. That one was cool. Man. But, but uh, yeah, Dare Eisendrache. You thought Nazi zombies Draha. were boring. Let's Man, just I can't, throw in dragons. <laughs> I, can't pronounce, I can't pronounce German words. Dare Eisendrache, whatever. Draken. Um, it, but... Agent Evil actually has been drawing a lot of comparisons to Dare Eisendrach because of the, uh, like, they both have similar methodologies where you start off in one location of the map and you can quickly and easily explore and expand the rest of it and getting set up, like the setup phase, as fans call it, where you are uh, slowly acquiring better weapons and you early on you're quick you're changing your loadout every couple rounds to adapt mm -hmm. to the stronger zombies and eventually you'll find a weapon that you're like i want to stick with this so you upgrade it as much as you can and then you uh acquire the map's wonder weapon uh either through opening up the mystery box or in in the case of uh darius and drock and ancient evil both you find a you there, find there are a trials specific you item. have to do to acquire yeah, them and, and you, upgrade them, right? Yeah, like Darizendrak had the uh, had the bows, the elemental bows, which the fans just adore. Everybody's like, "I'm going to make the electric bow," and then some poor sap says, "I guess I'll make the void bow." So while everybody <laughs> else has made their super fucking cool firestorm, electric storm, wolf shooting bows, then there's this one poor sod who's trying to figure out what this skull that's taunting him is trying to get him to do. But the, the idea behind the chaos story is that you have um, 
these artifacts called sentinel artifacts that are these weird they all resent they're all very similar aesthetically to one another it's like a a big old circular object at the top and then they've got a base and then at the very top they've got a key that plugs in to activate what's called a trial and the trial is testing whether or not the people who are who activated the artifact are worthy of wielding the power of what's called prima materia which in latin just means the first matter but it's implied to kind of be like um i don't know this it's it, 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 what's the word uh, phlo- applied phlebotanum where it's just a miracle material that can do whatever powerful kings used prima materia to become mighty rulers and then their kingdoms collapsed because it's also cursed phlebotanum i don't know read tv tropes kids <laughs> or maybe don't anyway so big old big bad order black robes gold masks they're like we want to get our hands on some of this phlebotanum this unobtainium and we don't really want to put in the work because the gods that were oversee these trials, they don't care for us mm-hmm. too much. So we're going to make these chumps do it for us. And uh, when activated, these trials turn all the surrounding non-participants into zombies and the, uh, the people, and it kind of warps the arena to better suit the needs for the trial to be completed, which is why all of a sudden in dead of the night, uh, you know, Venom Snake and uh, Tywin Lannister are suddenly beset by werewolves and vampires because the trial needs those in order to be completed. But uh, in the case of Ancient Evil, instead of the Order having activated this artifact because they need to further their machinations and to get that that sweet, juicy uh, black goop that turns people into zombies... Their goals are instead um, kind of unclear in the map, to be honest. And the trial has been apparently active for thousands of years because you just kind of show up to Delphi, um, which uh, I think we failed to mention is under the fucking ground. (laughs) But uh, the point is like Shah kind of condescendingly explains to the rest of the crew. Oh, it's a it's a red herring. The real the Delphi above the ground is not the real Delphi and the Oracle of Delphi kind of really just kind of hang hunt out down here. Most of the time, you know, she's, she's up on the surface for a year, I, uh, for a week, every year. And then, you know, the other 51, 51 weeks of the year, she's just kind of hanging out in the cool underground Delphi with its underground markets and amphitheater and exact recreation of the temple of Apollo. Mm-hmm. And I got to admit, Treyarch knocked it out of the fucking park with the art design for this map. It looks so good. There's a, there's this, uh, you can see the sunlight breaking in through the sky. There's a waterfall that's in the distance that's bringing water down. You actually uh, get to move through the waterfall on the back of Pegasus in order to uncover an entire other half of the map once you've uh, finished up some of your business in the first chunk of the map. But it's just you know uh, an ancient greek city but it's underground but it's not like uh it's not like buried in black ops 2 where it's a western city in uh you know the un- the ruins beneath angola for whatever reason where it's but, all dark and cavernous but it's like this one not so yeah, much dark it's, and cavernous it's more of a city but it's, it's- no this is yeah it's a uh, straight up just a uh an ancient greek city massive underground caverns 
beautiful painted statues. Like somebody at Treyarch was like, hey, did you know that in Greece, those marble statues, they had paint on them. Well, on this map, they do. And it looks pretty great. And and you get to really see like Treyarch's artists flexing their flexing their creative mm-hmm. muscles and the talents of the uh, like the talents of those art designers and the sound design for the map. The soundtrack is just incredible. It's got these weird, uh, almost John Carpenter esque synth tones. I found myself getting kind of unnerved because the uh, the stuff that happens in Ancient Evil's story can get pretty dark, and the the soundtrack complements it really well. Where you've just kind of got these these low hums and beats and thumps. And I don't know. I, I'm, I was never into music theory. I just like the sounds, man. It sounds mm-hmm. good. <laughs> you, you're listening to it. You got headphones on, you're cranking up that stereo audio and you're thinking, man, this is good shit. Yeah. It's one of those like, ah, I, I, I would I'd listen like to throw this. it in a playlist later on. If I really yeah, care if for I was it, working yeah. on a paper late at night and I didn't want something that was super distracting. I just want some easy listening so I can type up five pages on ancient evil for a script for a podcast. That's the kind of stuff that I would listen to while I was doing such a thing, which I definitely did it. <laughs> so that more or less leads into like the start of the level where more or less like you, you just learn, yeah. learn that you're in this tiny like little interior where you meet the Oracle and and you've got a bunch of zombies. Yeah, like a bunch of like you clear them out, and then she kind of talks to you. Yeah, yeah, she, she's she's locked up, and your whole goal the entire level is to free her. Generally, because she she apparently has the whereabouts of of uh, Scarlet's father. So that's just there's Diego, yeah. there's Scarlet, there's Bruno, and then there's Shaw. It, 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 that's the, that's yeah, the main so cast. Got... You got the Bruiser and and Bruno, the, the Frenchman. You have Shaw, which is like. The, the comic relief slash like mad scientist dude, I guess. Yeah. He's the one who makes all of the, uh, the elixir power ups that players can use during the map. Dried in order to give tiger them, like, penis. Not that guy. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, yeah, they're not, they're not perks <laughs> per se. They're just like, Oh, I need a quick little bu- uh, boost right now because I'm in a pinch. Like I ran out of grenades. I'll drink an elixir. That'll refill my grenades somehow. Or, I'm in a really bad spot. All the zombies are closing in on me pretty quick and I don't have an easy out. So I'll just drink up an elixir that teleports me to a completely random mm-hmm. location in the map. Um, but you've got these options here and there in order to help your navigation of the map or keep yourself supplied. And obviously this is a venue for Treyarch or excuse me, for Activision to throw in microtransactions. Cause you know, Hey, got to keep that, got to keep that microtransaction flowing, man. Got to make those billions of dollars so we can lay off 800 people after we make record profits. Woo! Recurrent user spending. Uh, <laughs> yep. So <laughs> thankfully black ops Four zombies is actually pretty reasonable with how it doles out the means to purchase this stuff. And the elixirs, aren't anything too game breaking. So no, you know, it, it I, just makes I, the game have, easier if you know how to, how to use it. Yeah. And it, at the very least, it just kind of makes the early rounds go by faster or uh, just makes getting stuff a little less. Yeah. Well, once they get to the point. So they... it's not, it's not destroying my enjoyment. It's not a competitive yeah. mode. So I'm not, you know, there's no leaderboards for some reason. Uh, so I'm not really, you know, busting a gasket mm-hmm. over all these microtransactions. I wish that they weren't there, but they're there. I can live with that. Ancient Evil is a good map. It's not ruined by them. Right. But yeah, Shaw, Shaw makes the elixirs and, um, he's kind of like the, he, he is the, the comic relief, but Scarlet aside, because the whole purpose, her whole goal is find Alistair 
the reason that she's brought along these three dudes is because um, her father said, oh, hey, there's this ancient order that's going after me. Uh, if that ever happens and I do get taken by them, uh, hit these guys up because I know them. They're cool and they'll help you out. And uh, those those three are the aforementioned uh, Bruno Delacroix, uh, Stanton Shaw and Diego Nicali. They're all in uh, true zombies form. Pretty great characters, at least, you know, with the you know, you'll hear hear them parroting one lighters. Uh, they'll occasionally talk to each other if you're playing in co-op. I gotta mode. Ask, it, you'll just kind of get a good idea of like the relationship that they share with one another. So it- so is is Diego? Is he also voiced by a white dude? Man, that is a that is a question for the ages, right? You know, I mean, you um, know, they 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 did Ufa Takeda, so Takeda Takeda's from Mortal Kombat, and you know, Mortal Kombat casts a lot of white people in the roles of people of color too, so they're not. They're not getting away with Hitting that the either. Mark, what I'm I, realizing, I will, like, I will be the great first job. Okay, wow, learning stuff every, learning something new every day. Yeah, you know, I mean, the guy who plays Scorpion also played Dio Brando in the English dub of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, no, uh, Diego's voice actor is Christian Lance, who was he is of Hispanic descent, but. Each of each, you know, each of the characters just kind of comes from a different walk mm-hmm. of life. Shaw is from London. Bruno's French. from you know imperialist France, and he's not the kind. Of, he's like he, like you said, he's a bruiser. He is jacked. He's huge. Oh, yeah, he, he's a so monster you look at him, man. Yeah, he, he, and he speaks. He speaks in this thundering, growling French <laughs> accent, and it just makes it all the funnier when he just talks about menial tasks. Like um, when you're when you're making the wonder weapon for Gaia, the uh, when you're trying to get the redeemed hand of Gaia so you can punch the ground and create this massive earthquake of exploding rock that just moves forward like a wave and just all the zombies in front of you just get thrown into the air from the violent Mm -hmm. force. Um, In order to get that, you have to find three little plants around the map and you, you pick them up and you just cradle them in your hands and Bruno will pick them up and he's like. I have uh, not participated much in the art of tendering to a garden. I, the only time that I've ever been near a plant was when I was choking a mob boss out in his own <laughs> greenhouse. <laughs> but but you you, you kind of get an idea of like, oh, these these are not just you know vectors for one liners. I mean, and they, they, occasional mm-hmm. jokes. These are. They have decent backgrounds. You get an idea of like what kind of person they are. Bruno likes engaging in violent acts, but he also simultaneously despises them. And then you have like the the the, the real like irony lines, like like Bruno saying it says like, "We Frenchmen never surrender." Oh no! <laughs> it says it's like a cute yeah, jerk off motion, I mean, like har har the French. Yeah, slow jerk or fast jerk. That's we got we <laughs> got to know because you know every single one of those lines at some point is going to be like, are they are they going for the slow jerk? Mm, are they going to be doing eye contact while they're thinking about saying those lines? I mean, it's, it, it, it's these it's are a the real things quirk, that keep me up at night when quick, I'm playing Black like, Ops. Quick, like one and done, like a uh, down, up, down, like just 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 to get the motion down, like like for for like that second, so you can get the <laughs> idea of it. It's so, so you're 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 doing it as you're saying it. 
Yeah, we're talking semantics and jerk-off <laughs> motions while you make stupid jokes. Hey, man, it's tw- it, it is, this it is, is the 1238. Stuff that I live we haven't got to the actual like meat of the level. So, like I said, two-hour podcast, baby. But you know, with each with each of the characters, you just kind of you know you've got you take the good with the bad. You've got the you've got the lines that kind of make you go, oh, Treyarch. But then you've got the lines that actually kind of expand on their character, and you get an idea of like, oh, the the relationship between these two uh, is kind of growing from I don't like being around you to maybe I can tolerate your presence every mm-hmm. once in a while, or you know. In Voyage of Despair, Bruno is kind of chastising Shaw for being a coward because Shaw is a coward. And by the time Ancient Evil rolls around, the two are actually pretty close friends. And Bruno is actively complimenting Shaw on his ability to fight for himself and to stand up and, you know, show that he's not somebody, not just a twig of a Londoner who's just going to Mm -hmm. be pushed over as soon as a zombie so much as shambles into his path, which, you know will still happen because he's a tiny person, but you kind of, there are, there is actual character growth here, which is like, Hey, call of duty has a cooperative mode. Call of duty has a cooperative mode, which is actually focusing on decent character growth over long periods of time, allowing you to see how the relationships between different characters evolve. And normally this is something that you would think, well, that's going to be relegated to some sort of Oscar baity kind of Sony single player exclusive game that they're Where throwing it's out for PlayStation cut scene, Four. Yeah, playable uh, cutscene, glorified cutscene, open world checklist objectives, that kind of stuff. I mean, hell, I loved I loved God of War as much as the next guy, but you know, let, let's, you, you can totally see what they're there doing. Much game there. It's like, well, yeah, you you like it's. It's it's it, shallow. It is shallow and and you're like you know Days Gone just came out and the reception to Days Gone is like the same stuff that I expected with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn where everybody's just kind of you know the facade is up and people are kind of seeing the the artificiality behind the the gamey nature of it but Black Ops Zombies isn't trying to keep you away from the fact that it's a video game. It's blending these two elements where it's like you've got the arcade zombies round based stuff happening at the same time that you have, you know, complex character relationships developing. I'm not saying this is the greatest character writing in video games. It's not deep. It's it's doing things that you didn't expect. It's yes. doing so much yes. more than the bare minimum. It's 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 putting in work and it's it feels genuine as a result. It doesn't feel it surprises you with it. This is the thing. People like to rag on Call of Duty for being shallow. And frankly, it can be shallow. Like, you know, World War II was not a great campaign. It was obviously artificial. It was trying to be like greatest hits of World War II with uh, the Battle of Hill 400 or the Siege of D-Day or the last bridge over the Rhine. Like, this is all shit that everybody knows from World War II because everybody's fucking seen Saving Private Ryan, the Bridge at Remagen, and Band of Brothers. And they weren't or doing anything original with that. It came off line. as blatantly yeah. artificial. Or any Call of Duty game that exactly. took place in World War II. Call of Duty did every single one of those. And they're, like World War II just comes off as disingenuous because it all the only difference between World War II and any of the previous Call of Duty games before it is 10 years of graphical advancements. It It's the same story. It's the same kind of characterization. It it, they they try to you know throw a 
a predictable twist in the middle of everything. Just like, oh, it turns out the main character's brother, who he's talked about idolizing the whole time, was dead all along, and he's really tra- like he's really torn up about it. You know, I'm not, I'm not worried <laughs> about that kind of stuff. But you know, that kind of the, the focus on genuine character development outside of a fucking campaign for Call of Duty that would be considered better than like 99% of single player games that come out these days is pretty fucking commendable, which is why I want to draw attention to it. And also Tiger Penis. Never forget about Tiger, Tiger Penis. Never forget Tiger Penis. But, you know, I just felt like it's worth bringing up because, you know, this is the first time that these characters have appeared in Zombies. And um fans kind of gave Treyarch shit for starting a new storyline even though the previous one hadn't really been totally resolved um and that doesn't bother me too much because everything that we've seen from the chaos story so far has been like simpler to follow uh and more of a like a breadcrumb trail mm-hmm. kind of a plot where uh i i had no fucking clue what was happening in uh black ops one two or three like why why are we in uh shangri-la and then now we're on the moon uh or we're in a 1950s style diner in washington it's very much like like setting up the the... torn up by lava pits in the road and a weird robot like dilapidated let's, robot bus that drives around. And now we're in Shanghai with let's skyscrapers have a, a all over set the place. Piece and then like, work that backwards. shit is hard to follow. That, that was their whole bits. And it's like, ah, let's write it into this, like one huge and unwieldy, like lore dump of, of a, of a mode for some reason. And it's like, ah, this, this is too much. And, and then you got everyone too invested in the story. When you want to try something new, it, yeah, not a lot of people are like, mm. yep. And then, yeah. And then you get, uh, then you get black ops Four with the chaos story. And all of a sudden it's like, here's a map on the Titanic. And the Titanic map ends with, uh, one of the characters saying, Oh, I, I know that place. It's, uh, I've only seen it in books, but it's Delphi. So the next map opens, it's nine and it opens with the characters in Delphi, Greece. And, they're being spoken to by the Oracle of Delphi. And she's saying, oh, hey, inhale these vapors. It'll make you really cool. And then they wake up in ancient Rome and then they get executed and they wake up again. And they're like, all right, we know how to open this door now. So then they open up the door and it expands and it shows them the gateway to the real city of Delphi. That's mm-hmm. you know, very deep underground. And that is one map to the next to the next and you have a clear marking connection between each one so you know there's mysteries there's still questions to be answered but you know the pace the story is there, going to there's be there's a direct line between maps except that, for the yeah. ending of ancient evil which kind of yeah you've got you've got connecting threads you know where everything's going to be happening and then ancient evil is technically the last map of the chaos story for this season it is not there are still two more zombies maps to come out uh, but those will focus on the original Ether storyline with, uh, you know, Tank Dempsey, uh, everybody's favorite, <laughs> Steve Blum, Fred Tatashore. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Nolan North and the Asian dude. Um, yeah, yeah. white guy playing a Japanese dude. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> his name now. White guy who plays an Asian dude. 
I got I got one of my buddies to just help me out with all the maps because he fucking loves doing zombies quests and he can he can play all of them from memory. He just knows every single little fucking Man. tiny pebble that you pick up in the background that doesn't have a button prompt on it. And he'll find it. He'll pick it up and you'll be like, okay, and then we take it over to this grinder. It's like, here's this, like, there's uh, 37 different places where this skull can spawn in the map. I know all of them except for like two. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to check all these walls and I'm going to get the skull and then I'm going to go to the grinder and I'm going to grind the skull into bone meal. And then we're going to throw grenades into the crowd so that they throw shit on us. And then we take that shit and we put it in a pot and we let it ferment into fertilizer. And then we mix it with the bone meal. And then we throw it on the floor over here. And that's how we start this one step for the quest. I'm like, what the fuck? And then we actually did it. And that was exactly what he detailed is like, yeah, you get the crowd to hate you. So they throw poop at you. (laughs) And then one of like he was playing as Bruno, the French guy. Mm -hmm. So he's going, "Uh, you dare throw your shit at me. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking lost it. But. Man, how much it is, shit, like, it is a trip. Okay, how much shit was was thrown at at, at the at the team of four? I, I gotta know. It, it was kind of like you know, imagine a plastic grocery bag full of horse pellets, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like that. But if you just kind of turned the bag upside down and kind of threw it, hurled it forward, just to kind of spread everything over a small little circular area. Like the the, the image that is always conjured when a crowd throws shit at at, at the um, actual entertainers um i'm just imagining that it just 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 they, they, there's no bathrooms it just just had to go there in the spots and they they have to live with it they have to like exist next to it i mean is it it's, it's just there is it is, mm-hmm. is it their neighbors is it their owns is, is, is it for, for, for like the event before that's just still there because Nobody cleaned it up. We're asking the big questions and knowing Treyarch, they'll answer that. They'll give us an answer in like three years. (sighs) Black Ops 5, 10. That's where we'll learn where the shit comes from. (laughs) Uh, Shit will literally hit the fans. Huh? Huh? No one? Okay. All right. Fine. There's no fans. It's it's, uh, ancient Rome. But yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it'll hit the uh, the attendance those fans uh, so that one was in rome <laughs> where you get the bone meal get it's the really oh my god so so the chaos story starts chronologically with dead of the night which is the celebrities map with like keith or Sutherland and uh you know venom snake tywin lannister clayton from tarzan and bellatrix lestrange walk into a mansion filled with zombies vampires and werewolves wait Tywin Lannister's in it too? Tywin Lannister is the butler. Are you, and oh, he's Charles Dance himself. Dude, oh, oh. He's he puts on a really good performance and it's like really weird because uh oh my god, what's everyone else is just cashing a paycheck and so it's like, here's my voice. No, everybody fucking goes all out like Brian Blessed, Kiefer oh Sutherland. My god, he's in it too. Oh. Yeah, he's the general. It's super good. Oh, Man, I I bought War of the Roses because like they they had like Brian Blessed DLC in a announcer pack. Seriously, I, I think oh, it was War man. of the Roses, but it was for sure one of those like like multiplayer um type like Britain Civil War type games like houses fighting against each other type multiplayer games and like for sure it was DLC where like Brian Blessed like was an announcer. 
or where was it was yeah, just saying like, but, you know, double kill or, or like I, that's I forget what, what what exactly he said he said but it was just it's, it's like fucking what there like it was just like in that meantime it was just looking up like different like announcer packs because he had the Arlie, like a whole bunch of like Call of Duty ones. Arlie like, Ermy? Arlie Ermy, Snoop Dogg, um, Method Man. What is this? Call of Duty Ghosts? Ugh. Dude, that's Infinite Warfare. It, Call of Duty Ghosts and Infinite Warfare, no joke, had Arlie Ermy, Snoop Dogg, and then Infinite Warfare had uh, Ken John, uh, Method Man, the guy who plays uh, Ghost in Modern Warfare 2, <laughs> and uh, your grandmother. Which is honestly my favorite of the DLC <laughs> voice packs for any Call of Duty game is just like the if an enemy team calls in their the Infinite Warfare version of the tactical nuke, then her voice line is, I, "I'm sorry, Sonny, but you're fucked." <laughs> Jesus, it's it's super great, man. Just going like even just going through like the the voice lines on this map, it, it's just that's like all right, this is fun. This is this is this is there's a lot of work being put in just just the, between the characters. It's like, really weird that some of honestly the best character writing in any video game going on right now is in Call of Duty Zombies, mm. and this is something that like so okay people don't give zombies enough credit for just how good the character writing really is. Like these are characters who the writers have been working on for you know literally years almost a decade for some of them mm, okay and sure it, it, i know it sounds weird it is it really is but but but, but when the, one of the characters utters the line drive tiger penis like you really have to like, like <laughs> question what, what you just said dude shaw is the best he's <laughs> he's so much fun I love how he'll just be like, you'll just be going around, giant tiger penis. He'll he'll get hit uh, by a zombie. And he's going, ah, that didn't feel too bad, ah! or something like that. Uh, or uh, he'll say, I'm I'm dosed up on two spoonfuls of laudanum, and I still felt that. <laughs> you know, it's really weird playing with some of my friends who are like teenagers. And, you know, they're, they're, they're freshmen or sophomores in high school because these are the kind of Hell people yeah. that I play Call of Duty with. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't know what opium and laudanum is. And I'm like, oh, my God, you you were born in a time like, it, sure. I when I was their age, I barely knew what opium and laudanum were, but I yeah, knew what they were. Salts. <laughs> exactly. But they're like, oh, Shaw, just taking that laudanum, whatever that is. And like, it's. It's a drug. <laughs> it's a pain-killing drug. Uh, Before there was ibuprofen, there was laudanum and opium, and, that, and people took a lot of that. 